Welcome to the Ministry 127 podcast, brought to you by Lancaster Baptist Church and Pastor Paul Chapel. This Ministry 127 podcast is on how to keep a missions mindset in the whole church with Dr. J.B. Godfrey. Dr. Godfrey served as a missionary in Africa for many years before joining BIMI as the Far East Director, where he now serves as the Vice President and Executive Director. This will be uh, a practical session. It's not a sermon, because I want to I help you. The topic is, how do I keep a missions mindset in my whole church? Now, I'm, I'm concerned that not, not just you as pastor have a burden for it, but that everyone in your church, all your adults, all your adults, your teenagers, your children uh, have a uh, burden and a vision for it. it. Because so often, here's the way it happens. How many of you have heard this prayer? Dear Lord, bless all the missionaries out around the world. Well, I want, you to, I want you to pray for all the missionaries out around the world, but I'd like for you to pray about them in a different way. See, I know their burdens and you men, you pastors and, and, and lay people, maybe some of you, in church, we want to have a heart for our missionaries to do more than, than say, Lord, bless all those missionaries out around the world today and Lord, I'm sending that $100 check out. But it's easy to send the check out and still not have a mission mindset in your whole church. So the question then is, how, how do we do it? How do we develop well, I guess we should ask the question, can that be done? And the, tr- the answer to that question is, it can be done and you see it being done. This church would be a wonderful example where you see a pastor with a burden to reach not only his community, but the world for the gospel and missionaries here. But how do we do it? Well, let me give you some, again, practical uh, ideas. And that's all this is, this session. It's just some ideas that I've come up with to help you um, convey this message to your to your whole church, and the first one is, how do we do it at church? First of all, and at church, I suggest don't do not wait until missions conference to put up a missions theme. How do we how do we expect to get our whole church involved in it if the only time we do it? I, I heard another speaker mention this, but how do we do it if the only time we we have missions is one week a year when you put up flags and put up a few mission things and then when it's over you take it down and the missionaries go home and nothing's ever thought about maybe or mentioned until next year. Well, keep a mission theme in your church. Keep up the flags and the uh, uh, maybe some missionary pictures. <coughs> How many of you have ever seen a picture of a missionary you support that's like 15 years old. It's kind of like the evangelist pictures. When he shows up, you don't recognize him. You, you know how you know you've been a missionary kid for a long time? When you see a seven-year-old picture of yourself on someone else's refrigerator. So if you want to have a mission mindset in your church, keep the mission flavor there. Put up the flags. Keep your missionary pictures as much as you can current. Now, for some of us, we'd rather not it, it be not be too current, but uh, keep keep the pictures out there. Uh, 
Put the missionaries' names in your church bulletin or some other way if your church is big. Maybe you couldn't do all that, but when I was, when I was pastor and I taught at Ambassador, I drove over there. I taught 7 o'clock classes for nine years. I've always been half idiot, I think. But I taught 7 o'clock classes for nine years and I lived 45 miles from the college. But here's what I found. That early morning drive was one of the best times in the world for me to pray for my church people. How do you pray for your church people? Do you maybe so, a lot of time I prayed for them. I knew exactly where they sat, and I could almost visualize and think around the auditorium and pray for the families. Well, how do you pray for your missionaries? That drive over there, I, I made it a habit, and I would start by continent. Now I'm not saying this; you do it however you want to do it. But I started by continent, and I'd be driving up the road, and I'd, I was praying for Nancy Ball in Ghana and the Gefellers back in those days in Senegal and the, the vineyards down in Ivory Coast. And, and I've just worked my way through Africa, and then I would go to South America, and then I'd go to the Far East and then to Southeast Asia and then to Europe and pastors and church planters. And I just I'm, I worked at it. Pastors, it won't just happen automatically. Here's what's embarrassing is when your missionary comes home. And I'm not fussing. I love all of you. I've been pastor too, so I, I love pastors. But when some missionary comes home that you support and he walks in and you don't know who it is. Now, it can happen because some of us, when you knew us, when we went to the field, we had hair. And when we came home, we didn't. My wife won't let me wear a turtleneck sweater anymore. She said, when I do, I look like a bottle of roll-on deodorant. (laughs) But anyway, I prayed. I prayed for all of our missionaries. Now, we supported a bunch of them. I prayed for all of our missionaries pretty much ever. When I made that drive and other times, I prayed for them. So, well, how did you know all those? We support a lot of missionaries. Work at it. I mean, this is my passion. Uh, Wednesday night when I read a letter or I was sharing things about the missionaries or maybe Sunday night, I wanted to, I wanted to know who they are and make it real. And it's more than, Lord, we got missionaries out here. No, no, we got, we've, got, uh, uh, we've got the Badgett family. We've got the Sis family. Whoever it is, and just pray for them. We've got the Harris family. And uh, you might have more than one Harris. You might have to, we're talking about Godfrey's. And someone asked me if I knew someone. I said, well, not really, but then we kind of did. But the, the Godfrey's I knew growing up were all crooks. I've met some good ones since then. But uh, don't, do not wait until missions conference to keep your mission theme and mission flavor and mission heart. Now, again, when you're going to have a missions conference, a missions conference ought never to be boring. Have a vibrant missions conference. We say, how do I do that? I have some suggestions, invite some good mission speakers. Uh, and I'm pointing at him, but there, there, there are a lot of good men out there. You say, well, I'll let my missionaries speak. Now, I'm not telling you not to, all right? What I'm going to share with you here is just a God-free philosophy. It's not scriptural, all right? I'm, I'm just going to tell you, there's some wonderful missionaries who may not be the greatest preachers. 
And again, this is not in my this is not my outline, but it's still worth saying. All it takes is one night to be dull, and folk won't come back the next night. And your missions conference, you, you really want someone. It, it may be a missionary, but you want someone in your missions conference who knows how to ring the bell. I mean, who gets up there and when that when that when that meeting is over. And those missionaries are all gone their way. Your people will think about it for weeks and months afterwards. And you got them in the, in the homes of your families. Um, I, I like to call it a mission revival. Now, when I was pastor, the, our missions conference was the height of our, all of our year. I had re, we had revival meetings, but we would see as many people saved. And as much excitement stirred up in the missions conference as we did revival. Because we made it, we tried to make it something exciting. Uh, let the missionaries mingle with your people. Again, I, some of these things, I'm being very honest with you. So don't take offense if you do it a different way. But I don't like, when I'm in a conference, I don't like being segregated. Don't put me at a head table. Let me get out there and mingle with your folk. And I tell people, pastors, this all the time. Your people will learn more about missions sitting around the table hearing the mission stories of an Eric Bowman or a Dr. Don Sisk or one of the, they, they you know, the other day I was walking across the campus and a young lady said, Brother Godfrey, uh, you remember two years ago you were preaching and, and they were just starting out on deputation. She said, you preached a message that I, I never forgotten and God used that to help me because I was... I was full of fear launching into it. And, and, and then I was walking with that family, and I got out here under that tree where all those birds roost. Now, you all know to be careful going through there. But I got out there, and uh, this young man stopped me. And uh, he said, Brother Godfrey, when I was a teenager, and he wasn't a teenager anymore. He said, but when, you were te- when I was a teenager, I remember this story you told. You know what? They may not remember my sermons but they remember the story that I told that reminds them of the point that I was making about you can trust God or whatever it is. If, if your missions conference is exciting, I believe, every, I believe your church people, they, they ought to be just can't wait the next year for your missions conference. And then maybe about halfway through six months, have a booster Sunday or booster weekend and bring in some good missionaries, uh, sitting around the table, sharing stories. Uh, let the missionaries stay with your families. You say, well, they don't like... Some, most missionaries don't mind that a bit. Let them stay with your families. And I, I could... I don't know what the numbers would be, but as students here, there's a good number of these students, they're here because of the influence of some preacher or missionary that stayed in their, in their family. And they'll never forget that. So let them, let them stay with your family uh, this this can have a really great impact on the children in your church. So keep your mission conference vital. Now, if you don't know, if you need some help on that, we, there are resources out there. Uh, how many of you know are familiar with Dr. John Halsey? Uh, Dr. Halsey has some great resources uh, and others as well on, on having a missions conference. You say, how do I know who to in- invite? Ask people who know, ask, ask Dr. Sis, he'll tell you, uh, he, he'll make some suggestions. Here's some men that you might consider having in. 
that when, when, your, when your missions conference is over, your people will be excited about it. So uh, just work on that missions conference. Get your missionaries into the Sunday school classes. And, and if you have a Christian school, let them go to... You say, well, I don't want to work the missionaries. Look, that's what missionaries want to do. This is going to sound arrogant. I, don't, I do not mean it this way. But don't bring me in 800 miles and then have someone teach Sunday school. Uh, I'm trying to back up. And I, don't, I don't want this to come across as being arrogant or offensive. But if you're bringing in a mission speaker, let them speak. You say, well, I don't want to work them. Don't worry about that. Work them. If they've got a passion for it, they're going to, that's what they're there for. They want to. And get them in your Sunday school. Have them in your school classes. Isn't it so that we ought to have our children looking up to missionaries and preachers and pastors and evangelists much more than ball, ball players and Hollywood stars? I mean, I wanted my kids to look up because my our kids had the privilege of growing up around other missionary kids, and I'm young lady, she's not so young anymore. Spoke to me here this week and said, "Uncle JB," because several families of us worked together for years, and all of those kids, other missionaries' kids, they call I'm Uncle JB to all of them, and my kids call them Uncle Ron, and Aunt Donna, and Uncle Swanee, and Aunt Linda. Uh, keep that influence around your kids. If you're going to have, well, I, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'll hold, hold off on that statement. Get them into Sunday school. If you have a Christian school, take them around. Now, I, I will admit, I'm not the best man to speak to kindergarten kids. But I don't mind doing it. And really, that's where you want to start. Start with those little kids. Look, that's what the people say with the government school system has failed. It has not failed at all. They've done exactly what they have set out to do. And that's capture our kids. The moment they walk into kindergarten, they start that process of taking out everything you're trying to teach them. So let's get, have your missionaries and your preachers get into that kindergarten class and you don't want to preach a two-hour sermon to three-year-olds. But tell them a story and and make it fun and uh, get in there and use your missionaries in that way. Plan a good missions trip. Get your young people out to the fields. This year, we had three who went with us. I'll have to admit, sometimes I've already told you I'm an idiot. I had three young people from three different places who had never met each other, and two of them had never traveled in their lives, go with me to Philippines. <laughs> and I took two of them down to Mindanao. And I, I've never taken, I don't hardly take anyone down there, but uh, they wanted to go... And uh, anyway, if you can imagine what it would do in the life or heart of a young person to go out and see what God's doing. Last year we had a one young lady, 16 years old, but a godly young lady, a teenager, and she knows beyond a shadow of a doubt that God wants her in the Philippines. And we went out there and we were at one place and uh, she was downstairs taking the shower one night and the college 
young people were singing. They were getting ready for the next day, and they were just singing and singing and singing, and she was hoping they would just be a little quieter, and all of a sudden she hears this, wee, wee. they're killing five pigs right outside the window. They, they slaughtered five hogs and cooked them all night on the basketball court getting ready for the next day's service. And then she's praying, sing louder, sing louder. Sing. But you know what? She came home and every place we went out there, we had to take her away crying. Every place we went, she just fell in love with it. She came home. And she did a little DVD for her church who had helped her go. And she called it, My Journey Home. Her mother said, Brother Godfrey, she's never really fit in with her peer group here. You know why? Because her heart's to serve God. And you say, well, how do I do that? that that's the easiest part. You get in touch with some of us who do it. Uh, one year I, took, I had a Dr. Chapel had asked me if I could take 30. <laughs> I told you I'm an idiot. 30. I said, well, I can't travel with them, but I'll be out there. I'll meet them in Manila. And so I did. I was up in Taiwan, flew back down there, met them. And we went in, had to change airports in Manila and fly over to Iloilo to Brother Martin's work. And uh, so we had a time to wait. So they broke out their instruments and got together and they put on a concert in the Manila waiting room at the airport. And I'm over there passing out tracks and everyone's coming. Oh, this is great. Where are these young people from? And I'm just talking to people and they're singing. And then we went over to Iloilo, and they were worn out. They had flown from California to Korea to there, and then to Iloilo. And so we went out to McDonald's to get a bite to eat for, so they could sleep. And one of the young men here yesterday told me, he said, Brother Godfrey, I'm that guy who was asking you questions. And he went to sleep right in the middle of the meal, face first right down in his food. But let me tell you, when they come back from the Philippines, they'll never be the same again. If they go to Japan, if they go to the Bible conference in Japan, They'll never come back and look at missions the same. Or if they go to Kenya and Tanzania with Brother Bowman or down South Africa, or you take them. You say, well, that's expensive. It's the best money you've ever spent. And if you haven't been, we'll take you too. Just pretend you're a teenager and we'll take you too. But um, make them, uh, and by the way, I'm not talking about a tourist trip. We're not wanting to take your teenagers just to have a little fun. But if you've got somebody in your church that wants to serve God, look, we'll, we will go out of our way to take them. And that, that will keep that mission fervor, mission flavor in your church. And again, here's what I find. If, if there's a young person like that in your church and they want to go, your church people will help them. None of these young people, well, let me say this way, two of the three who just went with me could afford that trip. But all they had to do was say in their church they wanted to go. And people there, none of them had any problem because people will help them. So uh, you get to see the missionary and their families as real people. Plus, one of the things I don't think we tell enough about missions is that our missionaries go out and they win people and they start churches, but they give them that same burden. And now they're going Filipino. We have 100 Filipino missionary families all over the world who've never been to America, they raised their support in the Philippines. We've got Japanese pastors, Dr. Sis can tell you, Bangladesh, Russia, Senegal, Peru, Bolivia, Hong Kong, Taiwan. And they, the Japanese have never raised a dime in America. And so it's, it's thrilling to know that 
They're doing the same thing that we're doing. So get your young people out there. Uh, Another thing, do kind things for the missionaries and their families when they're in your conference. You know, when your church people do something kind for those missionaries and see them weep, and that touches their heart. And some of these missionaries who are here could tell you about being in some... Listen, it's not every church that does kind things like that. You know, I'm not talking about the offering. That's, that's wonderful. Thank, thank you for it. That's needed. I'm not downplaying that. But we used to, every year, we gave every missionary kid in my conference, we gave them some money. I mean, cash money. Their money. Not, for their, not a check, not for their daddy or mama. We gave them something. Give them a bag of candy with some dollar bills down in there. It's not, a, it's not a question of how much money. You're doing something special. Those kids, listen, they will never forget your church. They'll, they will remember you, and all these missionaries are shaking their heads because they know they're saying amen to this. Uh, do, do special things, kind things for the missionaries. Missionary children are weird. I don't mean bad weird. Weird's not bad. It's just different. I love miss- we love missionary kids here at the college. We 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 really help them here. I have a missionary kid fellowship every month. Uh, we do all, ca- but missionary ch- missionary kids, they're they're different. It's good different. We used to tell our kids, how many kids do you know that speak three languages and get to ride camels and uh, back in South Carolina they smoke them, but where we live we rode them. Uh, but anyway. We used to sell, how many people, how many kids you know that have friends all over the world like we do? Make it something special. We did that for our own kids, but when, you, when those missionary kids come to your church, pay a little attention to them. You know, it's not just the thing of giving, but be, be kind to them. Let, let them be part of it. Uh, it just being, you know, a smile is cheap, but it goes a long way. Just a smile to those children and the wife and Missionary wives, it, I have compassion. I love the missionaries, but the guys are out. They're busy, you know, and they're working, and they're seeing people saved. And that wife is trying to lead people to Christ and keep a house going and learn a language and homeschool kids, and they need that encouragement. So pay special attention to them. Uh, keep good missionary books in your library. How, how do you keep a missionary mindset? Have the triumph of John and Betty Stam in your library. Have Shadow of the Almighty. Have Darlene Rose's book, uh, Evidence Not Seen. Have the book Sensei. I mean, there, there's some great, Jim Elliott, the story of Jim Elliott, Nate Saint, and Roger Udarian, and those men who were martyred in Ecuador. There's some wonderful missionary books out there. And there's some of them written for children. Get those books, put them in your library, and have your people read them, encourage them, uh, talk about it. Maybe read one yourself and then tell in the sermon. By the way, Dr. Chappell's talking about the sermon illustrations, which is a blessing. He puts, You know, a, one of the best places to find great illustrations? Missionary books. There's a book I, I read called Another Hand on Mine, the story of Dr. Carl Becker in Africa Inland Mission. Anyone old enough to remember Dr. John Rice and Bill Rice and those men, other than me, Dr. says. Bill Rice wrote Cowboy, Cowboy Boots in Darkest Africa. Okay, Carl Becker's the man he was with. 
And that book has more powerful missionary illustrations in it. So read it, preacher, and, you know, put some of those missionary illustrations in your sermons. And, uh, and then, of course, preach, preach and teach missions and grace-giving and set the example. I, I, as pastor, I didn't know who gave what. I, I never looked at who gave how much money or whatever. And no one would know how much I gave, except the treasurer, I guess. But I know this, my folk knew that they might give more money than me, but they're not going to outgive me as pastor. They might have the dollar amount might be higher, but percentage-wise, it's not going to be higher because I'm making a statement to my church people, this is what I really believe in. I want to see people saved right here at home. I want to see people saved in my state, in my area. I want to see people saved all over the world. So that in church, those are just some practical suggestions. And let me, I've got to uh, move in a hurry, but a couple of other areas. And these are sort of tied together, but at home. Now we're talking about keeping a mission mindset in your whole church. So you as pastor or leader, Sunday school teacher and so on, you can do some things, but then in your home, how can you, maybe during the missions conference or on a, how many of you preachers, you have a missionary, how many of you have a four or five call every day? <laughs> Having been a missionary for 20 years and then teaching missions at the same time and living between Greenville and, and Charlotte, North Carolina, did y'all know how many? Can you imagine how many calls I got? By the way, I took the calls. And sometimes, I mean, I had to tell them, "Look, I'm sorry, I can't have you come," but I listened to them, and I said, "Send me your information." But when they come to your church, and your family's then in your church, and maybe your own family, personal contact is vital. Times have changed, though. A lot of a lot of missionaries today. How many of you men have personal websites? I know the guys in, in East Africa. They have websites, and so you can you can have exposure to a lot of mission things today without the missionary being there. Uh, I could. We have a list on our like on the BI my website. We have missionaries. They're listed. If they have a a, a website somewhere, there's there are links. Go on there. Uh, encourage your people. If you have not. Uh, other mission agencies could say this as well, but since I know about BMI, go on our website sometime and just look. I just got back a few weeks ago from Japan helping with the earthquake tsunami relief. We have an eight, it's either eight or nine minutes, it's not long, of a DVD on there about Japan. It'll break your heart, but it ought to break your heart. One of the saddest things I've ever seen in my life is that whole 400-mile stretch of coast of Japan. Thousands of people died. And our missionaries are going up there in teams and passing out food and blankets and fuel and tracts and gospels and New Testaments. And, and I think about all those people and realize hardly any of those people knew Christ. So you can, go, you can go on missionary websites like that and watch DVDs of different parts of the world. You can often download those things and show them in your church. Uh, let your people know that those... Resources are available. Do a little advertising. Uh, letters still do work. 
if you encourage your people to send missionaries packages, my advice to you there, now I'm saying, how do you keep it a mission mindset? If you, if you have people connected with missionary families, it's a great thing. But make sure that you check with those missionary families to find out how they could, could get a package. Some of them may not be able to. Or it may cost them more than it's worth for them to get it out. So I would encourage you to do that, but check with the missionaries before you do that. And please don't send... Uh, I'm trying to be good. I had, we were out in Africa one year. We got a big old box. Somebody paid forty dollars for it to send it, and it was old sword of the lords, and it had a Jimmy Swagger paper <laughs> in there, and it was mostly they had told their folk to go down to McDonald's and Hardee's and get the little mustards and ketchups and barbecue, and, and it was about two thirds full of that, and they had burst, and it was. And I don't remember what I had to pay to get that out. I'm not complaining. God knows I'm not complaining. I appreciate their heart. But don't don't send Jimmy Swaggart papers and, and, and mustards and ketchups from McDonald's. Anyway, uh, you might just want to send them a letter and put a pack of Kool-Aid in there if they're out in some place where they can't get that. Or some big red chewing gum. If they have children, so if you know the ages of their children, send them some coloring books or a, a, one of those missionary biographies, send it out to them and get your people involved in doing that. Pastor Tim Butler in his church, after the conference, they do a notebook on every missionary family and they put all that information about that family in that notebook with their kids' ages and addresses and emails and pictures. And then each, the families in the church will take one of those notebooks for a month. And then they swap it out with somebody else and everybody eventually in the church is corresponding and sending birthday cards and making... I know How many of you know that you can make telephone calls free? Skype, Magic Jack, and a lot of missionaries have bondage and uh, just a lot of things you can do today. So get your people involved in that in the home. Then make, make the home a missionary place. Uh, keep, keep good books close by. Bring out the prayer cards. One of the best ways, I think, is having a box of prayer cards or something with your family, when you do your family devotions, just go through those cards, mention the missionaries, maybe say, say a word about them if you know them. Uh, it's a good way for your children to hear those names. Uh, call them. A few years ago, I could not have said this. Call a missionary. Now, when we went, when some of us old guys went, we didn't have telephones. How many of you remember when you didn't have a cell phone? Thank the Lord. Wouldn't it be nice to... Some days you like to throw the thing out the window. Uh, we didn't have telephones. Anyone here remember aerograms? <laughs> See, mo- today no one knows what that is. You bought it at the post office. You wrote on the inside of it, folded it over, and it was cheap post. Well, that, those days are over. You can call a mission today, many of them, even out in the middle of nowhere. I was here in the coffee shop this week, and my, t- my cell phone rang. And there's one of my missionaries in China, and I talked 30 minutes on my cell phone to China. So times have changed, and you can call. Maybe have one of your families. Hey, call brother so-and-so. But, again, pay attention to the time. (laughs) From here to Japan, 16 hours difference, or 17, something like that. Uh, But call them and keep in touch with them. 
let me, I'm almost finished. Let me end with this. Be willing for God to use your children. Not only your children, but your church children. If I give an invitation at a missions conference, and I say, how many of you are willing to go if God called you? You know what happens? Just about everybody puts a hand up. If I change that to say, how many of you are willing for God to send your children to China or to Africa? The hands go down. If it is our passion, we ought to be saying, Dear Lord, here are my children. If you choose to use them, I don't try to call my kids. I think we ought to, if we have a passion for it, if we have a passion for it, shouldn't we say, Lord, here are my kids if you want to use them? And Lord, here are my church. You know, as pastors, it scares us. Missions conference is, I think, the greatest week of the year, but it can be the most scary week of the year for the pastor. Because God might call your best deacon or your song leader or you. <laughs> so how do you keep a mission mindset in your church? It starts with, it starts with the pastor. It really does. And then I think from him it goes out to all your other leaders and from there to all of your church. You can tell a church that has that heart. Thank you for listening to the Ministry 127 podcast. Today's lesson was on how to keep a missions mindset in the whole church with Dr. J.B. Godfrey. This podcast was designed to equip spiritual leaders to grow in the Word and develop a biblical philosophy of ministry for today's local church. Be sure to let a friend know about ministry127.com. Also, for Christ-honoring publications, please visit strivingtogether.com for resources that encourage spiritual growth and the local church ministry. Thank you for listening to this Ministry 127 podcast.